in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. And happy 30th birthday to Silence of the Lambs. Ah. (laughs) Anthony Hopkins' probably best known role? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely best known role. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And to celebrate, um, we've reenacted it slightly by sending my girlfriend to another room in the dark holding a tiny dog. (laughs) (laughs) She'll put the lotion in the basket or she gets the hose again. (laughs) We had to give the dog Xanax. It's prescribed. So I'm the dog's stepdad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, 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 the dog's real dad is a vet. Uh-huh. And he's he's he prescribes the Xanax for the dog. It's not abused by anyone in the household. I'd just like people to know that we deal with the um the downers in this house very responsibly. Yeah, no, dude, you are literally why stepdad is a whole genre <laughs> of horror, all right? <laughs> if this was a Disney film, okay, clearly he is the cute little dog and you are the evil, like, you get around in your, like, pimp coat made out of, like, ex-girlfriend's dogs. That's who <laughs> you are in this scenario. 101 Dalmatians, but it's just one dog. <laughs> and I stretched him out. Oh. Oh, I love you, Jack. Just if you hear barking during the podcast, that's why. Yeah. But it's very hot. We can't we can't really take him outside and take him for a walk, so he's very frustrated. He's uh he's feeling the effects of the lockdown worse than probably uh most professional tennis players who are giant babies. Oh. Oh my god. Yes, for those uh outside of Australia, uh, uh someone decided that in a pandemic the best idea would be to fly in tennis players from all over the world. Um we have since spent 24 million dollars on hotel accommodation. I mean, we could have solved Melbourne's homeless problem, but that's another issue. Um 24 million dollars to get them five-star hotel uh, treatment while they, you know, do 2 weeks of quarantine. So that's all their food, luxury beds. Oh, and you can bring your girlfriend. Yeah. And they've done nothing but bitch. You know what? I I want to get paid. To spend two weeks in a five-star hotel with nothing but room service. Sex work is still a career option. Oh, I tell Not for you. me. It's a small niche market, and I'm telling you, they don't want expensive hotels. It's probably dumpsters out the back of a, of a small 7-Eleven <laughs> like the start of Terminator. But. No, we have already established that you would do very well in the in the bear market. I think you would. Remember, you stood oh. at Henson Road for like one afternoon. You got four offers. That's how I could actually go to my school reunion and retain dignity mm. is put that on LinkedIn that I'm aggressively targeting the bear market and everyone yeah. will just think that I'm I'm a Wall Street guy. <laughs> no, I'm sucking hairy dick and getting well paid. You know what? It's not just all – that's it. You know, it's not just all about sucking dick, John. Sometimes, you know, it's just about holding someone gently, all right? People want to talk. They, they just want to share their problems. Yeah. They might want more intimacy. Sex work is real work and they make far more money than we do. Mm, you know what? It's more honest work than <laughs> what we do. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's start a horror podcast. No horror is talked about. It's just me being a sex worker. <laughs> I know this was no, we get horror. It's just that we go through the horror of our lives before we get to other people's horror. That is very true. Yeah, that is very true. Middle of the heat wave. It's uh, it's also been. Uh, I got up this morning and all my chili plants were almost dead. <gasps> so not only are they, I know, not because uh, I I handled lockdown well, mm-hmm. and I went into the chili market, mm-hmm. and I, I've grown a small forest of chilies in my backyard mm-hmm. and I go outside and I talk to them and it keeps me very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just as well that there's no access to guns or universities in Australia at the moment because I would be on a watch list, but <laughs> I've got my chili plants and I can talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. But I found out that the product I've been using to keep pests off them yeah. actually kills insects. <gasps> no. I know. What did you expect, John? I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a, just a polite way of asking them to leave. Like yeah. maybe it made the leaves taste bad and they went, oh, fuck this and Went and hungry, hungry caterpillars somewhere else. But no, I've literally been killing all sorts of pollinating insects. So I am as bad as Monsanto. 
So you are literally the reason why the sky is crying and our children don't have a future. Exactly. Food security was destroyed by me and my 75 jalapeno plants. Yes, yeah, you yeah. single-handedly killed the bees. I did. What an asshole. Yeah, I'm pretty fucked. Now European wasps have moved in. Oh. That's just next door and I'm not talking about the insects. Ah, bottom boom. Boom. Hey, take that, you kip. <laughs> Give this man a rage, the stage to rage. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. So we've just had uh, we've just had Valentine's Day. How was your Valentine's Day? Did you do anything lovely for your poor, possibly concussed girlfriend? <laughs> well, if you count not making a mess that day and not. Am I expected to do something? Yes. Well, I didn't. <sighs> Dude, you're punching above your weight. You should be taking... Every day should be Valentine's Day with you, like, extending, I don't know, just just, just thank you, ma'am. Just thank you. <laughs> you know what? You should be like that chick in the beginning of coming to America. You should just be like, whatever you would like. Whatever you would like. The royal penis is clean. <laughs> That's who you should be in but this in circumstance. Reverse. Yeah. yeah, throwing rose petals at her feet, barking like a dog when she tells you to. <laughs> but I that should be you. I grew up in a mining town in, in Central Australia, so I have no emotions, and those that I did have have been stunted. <laughs> Emotional thalidomide <laughs> I had growing up. Yeah, but you should you should you should fake it for the hot lady that you're with. Oh, I, sh- I really should. Yeah, just like fake emotions and shit, like I do. I've I've let her literally decorate the entire house with camels because mm-hmm. she's descended from Afghan camelers. So yeah. The people who actually opened up Central Australia. When I say open up, the people who opened up for colonial Australia, uh-huh. Central Australia. So yeah. there's obviously a, a deep connection. Yeah, here with camels. So when you say you let her decorate the house with camels, you mean you let that woman come in and sweep the dead dogs <laughs> out of your house. <laughs> And make it a livable, you know, habitat for you and your son. I don't know what you're talking about, but I no longer have a drum kit in the kitchen. So apparently that's a bad thing to have a loud musical instrument where you should be preparing food. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you should be thanking her every day. Okay. Well, yeah. I won't name check her on the podcast. How's that? Um, how about we name check her a little bladder? Hey, <laughs> you're my little bladder, my bladder for money. <laughs> She's currently cradling a zanny dog. So, <laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that for you. No, I wouldn't do that for you. Oh well, how was your Valentine's Day then? Was it, was it nice working in the soup kitchen, <laughs> seeing if you could pick up an eligible bachelor? <laughs> Maybe I did. Um, I have to say, this is the first Valentine's Day um, that I have spent with romantic inclinations <gasps> with a man. With a man? In quite a while. And, oh, my God, if you want to impress a lady, you know how you impress a lady? No, I, clearly not. You get the executive spa suite oh my god the hotel had the dirty sex window mirror so that there was the mirror with the blind between the saucy hot tub and the bed right on the other side oh don't go in there with a black light oh yes so he rents that room but instead of asking you to pee on him (laughs) well he's a viking and they didn't have glass tables back then (laughs) he organizes um, for you to watch Thor, which satisfies your both your Thor and your Viking fetish. Okay. Um, while you wear big fluffy robes, matching robes that he bought you, and you get room service. Let's just say it's been a while since I've had a Valentine's Day that romantic. Let's just say quite a lot of moths might have flown out of somewhere. <laughs> it's been a while. I, I'm just imagining that scene from. Um under the skin where the guy's just floating there and suddenly gets sucked inside out. I'm guessing that happened. <laughs> just dehydrated husk at the end of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, – you know that guy in The Mummy where, like, Imitap grabs him yep. to, like, suck out his organs? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, some moths flew out. No, so. Well, at least there wasn't scarab beetles. <laughs> well, yeah, no, there wasn't. <laughs> there was not. 
<laughs> worse if it was dung beetles. <laughs> See, this comes back to you. how are you? How are you not single? I, I have a fucking quality necromancer. <sighs> He's wielding that. dark magic. Oh my god! Suddenly, that is the only. That is the only thing that. Uh, Oh my god, suddenly it all makes sense. Melania was dead all along. All along? Well, dead <gasps> inside at the very least. Yeah. Oh my god, there's your next M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Melania was dead all along. <laughs> my only advice for the single fellas out there is yeah. uh, to go about it and write an entire hour-long festival comedy show that is basically just about your willingness to perform deviant sexual acts. Yeah. And occasionally someone will get the message. Oh. Oh. Hello. Mm. I believe that's called grooming. Very much so. <laughs> well, she did get mistaken for my daughter at school again the other day, so. Ah, uh, see, this is what I'm saying. How much are you punching above your weight? Oh, it's illegal. Like, they wouldn't even sanction this kind of bare knuckle boxing in a car park in Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's too far, lad. Even for us, it's too far. <laughs> that scene from Bronson where he fights the dog, that's about the level of unsanctioned fight we're doing here. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, that poor woman. Yeah, pretty much. But at least we got the bats out of your belfry. Oh, my Lord. Well, you know what? Speaking of moths out of the belfry, that actually ties in very well to our subject that we're doing this You mean this was all a clever ruse? (gasps) Oh, my God, I feel like a whore. (laughs) Yes, this week we will be looking into the exciting and terrifying world of Mothman. Oh, Mothman. Or, we're going to need a bigger bug zapper. <laughs> or, is that your wingspan in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? Yeah. Or, mothballs. Hey. Hey. Now, we are talking about the West Virginia Mothman. Yes. Which I've always thought ties in nicely with uh, with John Denver. Oh. The okay. lyrics the lyrics to country, Take Me Home Country Roads. A lot of people don't listen to them closely. It's, uh, you know, life is old here, older than the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, I actually forgot the fucking lyrics to one of my favourite songs. I've done well. <laughs> oh my god, you were singing at me earlier when I was trying to pee. You were singing John Denver to me, and now the moments come. Have you like, oh my god, anxiety? I think Did you fail? Performance anxiety. Yeah. Oh. oh my god, we're talking about like how hot your girlfriend is, and you've got performance anxiety. <laughs> Paging Mr. Freud. Paging Mr. Freud. Reaction for me. I'm just thinking about your Viking in the two way mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's not. Oh. oh, you're not the only one who's been thinking about that. I just, I just typed into my phone because I'm trying to remember the lyrics, and I've typed in "country roads, two way mirror." This is going to take me to. <laughs> Don't look that up. That is a whole different that is a whole different movie you do not want to watch. It's gonna give us the name of a bordello in Alabama, I'm guessing. Oh my, oh my god, does hillbilly porn exist? Of course it does. No, but I mean like not as in I mean obviously hillbillies make porn, but it's like people who have like a sexualized fetish for hillbillies. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Of course people have a sexualized fetish for hillbillies. People will fuck anything. Oh my god! You know, oh. and let's not let's not forget our place in the world. We are essentially Australian hillbillies. You and I. Um, oh, I was going to say. Oh my god, Daryl Dixon, Norman Reedus, and The Walking Dead. That was hillbilly porn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's my now. The, the joke is dead. Yes, it's ne- it's never going to be revived. But uh, yeah, where is it? Uh, Life is old. There, older than the trees. West Virginia, Mothman horror. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, crowbarred that shit in. You can tell I haven't fucking been on stage. Well, no, for it's a while. not the same. You got to West Virginia, Mothman horror. Yeah. So oh, he spoke no. the truth about it, and then had a mysterious plane crash. Oh my god! At least we finally know the final words of John Denver. Um, fucking Mothman! Ah. <laughs> Should have turned off that interior light inside your Cessna. <laughs> Nothing worse. <laughs> Just Mothman at the windscreen. Fucking Mothman! But yes, the story of the West Virginia Mothman. Oh, yes. Mothman, part man, part moth, part fact, part fiction. Wholly intriguing. Mothman is a true modern folk story. Now, some people may have only heard of the Mothman through the Richard Gere film, The Mothman Prophecies. 
a strange, terrifying creature that is a portent to death and destruction. Some say it is nothing more than myth and mass hysteria. The tragedies it is linked to, though, are very much real. It all started in a small town in West Virginia (laughs) on the Ohio River called, ironically, Point Pleasant. Now, I had a bit of a look into Point Pleasant. Yes. And it seems like a lovely little place. It's oh, nice. idyllic. It's picturesque. Mm-hmm. They're very big on their history. Yeah, nice. And they actually, they actually are tied to some very important American history by the looks of it. Really? It's only, it's only a town of about 4,000 people. Yeah. But uh, they, they, they really occupy a, a very important place in American history in that a lot, oh, of, wow. people, a lot of people credit the actual um, start of the American Revolutionary War as yeah. taking place in that actual area. The story that I came oh. across, which I really loved though, was that um, in 1749 – uh, basically, one of the, the French king's agents by the name of Pierre Joseph Celeron de Blanville. Oh my God, of course. Could you get a more French name? <laughs> Jean Claude. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gone trudging through uh, through you know the, the the scrubby areas of West Virginia. Oh, these fucking scrubs in West Virginia. <laughs> oh, it is not like my beautiful Paris. Oh, I want a baguette. <laughs> and he's basically come to a certain point where, like, the Ohio River's, uh, it intersects with, uh, oh, fucking, another river there. I don't even know Australian geography. Oh, sacre bleu, there are two rivers intersecting. <laughs> it is this one with another one. So he's basically come there, and with his small force, they've planted a lead plaque there in uh, L'Enfrancais, uh-huh. basically claiming the entire area for the French Empire and ending the, the scourge of British occupation and... All, oh. the, all this kind of stuff, and he's kind of like stood back and gone. There we go, lead plaque in the in the soil. We're done. It completely failed. Oh, <laughs> what? Get out, dirty Englishman! Did you not see my lead plaque? <laughs> this is all belongs to French now. Get out with your with your tea bags and your <laughs> chips and your bad oral hygiene. <laughs> so basically, he's turned up, planted this plaque, said it's ours now, and the oh. local the local uh, Native Americans have just gone. Nah, fuck off. We prefer the British. Yeah, and, and the British have just gone. We're not leaving, so he just had to turn around and go back. <gasps> Left the plaque there. Oh my god! Yeah, I have this beautiful image that just as he's like walking away in disgrace, somebody just pitches the plaque at the back of his head. <laughs> but it's lead. <laughs> you know, you need that in the water supply up there. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You goddamn English! You do not understand the universal law of the plaque. I brought a plaque. I don't. I carried this all the way from France. I don't know what else I have to do. Now, George Washington, of course, America's first uh, president post throwing off the the yoke of British colonialism. Oh, throwing off the colonial plaques of oppression. So he's he's gone and visited some years later, uh, prior to uh, American independence, Mm. uh, and he's actually described the area um, in in very vivid terms. Now, I'm going to play you a little bit of the the inauguration speech that you would expect from someone like George Washington. So just give this a quick listen. My fellow citizens, no event could have filled me with greater anxieties than that notification on the 14th day of April, 1789, that you had selected me to lead our nation. Sounds positively regal, doesn't it? Oh, my God. I'm just getting teary. I'm getting emotional. Turns out he's not such a profound speaker. What? Old George Washington. What? So when you actually get to his description of this area, where we talk about the the, uh, intersection of the uh, Kanawha Rivers with the Ohio River, uh, this is George Washington's description of the area. And I need suitably important music, because otherwise it just doesn't sound good at all. All right, me. Describe it. This country abounds in buffalo and wild game of all kinds. Also, all kinds of wild fowl, there being in the bottoms, a great many small grassy ponds or lakes, which are full of swans, geese, and ducks of different kinds. Thanks, George. Just turns up, oh, there's some fucking ducks, buffalo, shit to eat here, moves on. Now, the interesting thing about that original speech that I played you, which was in the Disney Hall of Presidents. Yes. They've actually sanitised his original acceptance speech. What? Quite significantly. What? Um, uh, look, I, I will only read you a very small portion of this, but it's pretty clear why he had allegedly had wooden teeth because it sounds like he's fucking gone through a few sets with, <laughs> with his jaw boning. That first one you played, it was very regal. It was very moving. I thought I was going to cry. I, I was expecting like hawks to rah, 
are. Yeah. Do, do we need the music or should I just leave it exposed and bare? Oh, no, with the music. Okay, with so the we'll, music. Have, we'll have a little bit more music. Yeah. Among the vicissitudes incident to life, no event could have filled me with greater anxieties than of which the notification was transmitted by your order and received on the 14th day of the present month. On one hand, I was summoned by my country, whose voice I can never hear but with veneration and love, from a retreat which I have chosen with the fondest predilection and, in my flattering hopes, with an immutable decision as the asylum of my declining years. A retreat which has rendered every day more necessary as well as more dear to me by the addition of habit to inclination and the frequent interruptions in my health to the gradual waste committed on it by time. He's basically said, okay, I'll be a president, but I'm old and my time's limited and I don't have time for this shit. I know. That's like, that. George Washington didn't love you, America. <laughs> In the words of Danny Glover, he was too, too old, old for, for this, this shit. shit. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I see why Disney might have uh, revamped that, but they didn't create an empire by accident. They did not. They sanitized it beautifully, didn't they? <laughs> you know what? Um, the bloody, you know, colonization of the world would have would have gone a lot better and like with a lot less bloodshed if they had like Disney on side with dramatic like music behind them. <laughs> People would have been like, well, fuck yeah. Let's, how can we not get behind this? Like, I think you guys need to get the fuck out of Fallujah. Come on, there's no weapons here. Just fuck off. Lone tear <laughs> falls down my cheek as I realise the only option is to get the fuck out of Fallujah. <laughs> Cuts a slow shot of me walking away in slow motion. Getting the fuck out of Fallujah. That sounds like a really good art film. Get the fuck out of Fallujah. <laughs> We've got the Bay of Pigs invasion. Oh. We've just got so much better with those trucks getting stuck in the mud and the air support not following. And people going, fucking Kennedy, I'm going to shoot that cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, much better with the music. Yeah, much yeah. Better with I'm, the music. Getting, I'm getting some, some value out of those sound effects I bought 10 years ago to do short films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Good choice. Good choice. You'll have a, you'll have a job at Disney before you need it. All you need is like a baby youngling, and off you go. I've got a drugged up dog. Can I use that? <laughs> There's the child. This oh is my. the way. If that doesn't scream like Disney film, I don't know what does. <laughs> well, I reckon that fucking Benji had a drinking problem. <laughs> don't you dare say a word about Benji. <laughs> Poor homeless street dog. Ah, <sighs> that's a cliche. All right. Um, <laughs> now West Virginia. In 1966, it had a population of around 5,000 people and it was safe to say that everybody knew everybody's business. It all began in the wee hours when a car tore into the car park directly in front of police. In the car was Roger and Linda Scarberry, husband and wife, and Steve and Mary Mallett, also husband and wife. Their story was unheard of. But from November the 15th, 1966 to December 15th, 1967, it would become a story and an encounter that would be repeated again and again and again. Goodness gracious. The only paper in town, the Point Pleasant Register, would report the incident for the following day with the headline, Couple see man-sized bird, creature. Something. <laughs> That's clearly not owned by Murdoch. Didn't blame immigrants. <laughs> the national press picked up these stories and the legend of the Mothman spread like wildfire across the United States of America. The two couples had been driving about seven miles out of town, up past the TNT area, as it was known by locals. The TNT area? Oh, yeah. It was a former hidden TNT and ordnance works during World War II. Okay. It had been abandoned from production and the surrounding lands were now classified as a wildlife management area. <laughs> the buildings, however, still stood, although abandoned. There was no security at the site, only a gate. The place was known as a popular hangout for the town's youth or those who wanted to do things out of their neighbor's sight. 
They mean drugs. Or fucking. Oh my God. They were either going up there to get fucking high or do a wife swap or both. Yeah. And I, you know how big the cars were in the 60s. Oh, yeah. You could totally have like a four-way gangbang and get high in your fucking, <laughs> what were they, fucking Plymouth-y. Plymouth Fury or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. More of a Plymouth Belvedere kind of country, I'm thinking. Oh. So, come on. Like, straight away, the only problem I have with this eyewitness is just reading this story. I'm like, they were so getting drunk and getting high and, yeah. like, getting blowjobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, else do you not want your neighbours to not see it? <laughs> well, dogging wasn't big there. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's it. Oh, my God. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the dogging area. Yeah. It might have been, yeah. For those outside of England um, <laughs> who don't know, dogging is something that was invented in um, England in which couples have sex in a car while strangers – Usually, like in remote areas or car parks, well, strangers, when I say strangers, I mean men, um, <laughs> stand around your car and like look through the windows and jerk off. Yeah. Which goes to show that if you try and impose a license, like a TV license on yeah. people, they're going to find ways to get their own entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Like, fuck Netflix. Who has that Netflix money? <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for British doggers though, man, because imagine watching two people from Manchester get it on in a mini moke. Oh, what well, actually, how does dogging happen like during with the pandemic? Have you got to stay two metres apart from everyone? Can you see anything? You'd have to stand at the other side of the camping ground yeah. and just bring some binoculars. Oi, mate, wipe the fucking sweat off the windows. <laughs> Can't get me nut out. <laughs> see, that is the true unspoken tragedy of COVID. <laughs> It's ended dogging as we know it. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine someone standing around watching like strangers fuck in a car and someone turning to you going, excuse me, can you put your mask on? <laughs> well, if it was like an eyes wide shut type of mask, then you should be wearing it. <laughs> Keep oh. your germs away from me. I'm trying to jerk off in public in peace. <laughs> Two oh. metres, mate. Two metres. Oh, my God. There's the catchphrase for the podcast. <laughs> oh, dogging oh merch with Ian, the heartbroken octopus, octopus man. man from space. <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How many dicks do octopus have? Because that would be really sad if you've got eight hands to, like, jerk off and you've only got one dick. I don't even know if they have dicks. Because, like, would they have, like, they lay eggs? So do they just do like a sp- – it's like dogging. They just do a sperm cloud. <laughs> People fly into it. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, like you just – just how many blowjobs could you give? Oh, my God. With every oh. sucker on those arms. Yeah, just every hand job. They're just alien wristy machines. Yeah. God. I don't know why Ian's single. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe too many, too many wristies, you know. Mm, anyway. It's too trusting. Yeah. <laughs> So, the couples, who we have now completely besmirched their name. Are the good people of West Virginia. (laughs) Mountain Mama. Yeah, Mountain Mama. All right. And your wife's mama. (laughs) The couples pulled up the car outside the abandoned factory. Sitting there. Clearly, they're dogging. Yeah. Sitting there, their eyes were drawn to two red lights that glowed from the darkness within the factory area. As they stared, the lights moved closer towards them. As the lights moved closer to those in the car, could see that they were in fact not two lights, but two red eyes of a dark figure nearly seven feet tall with enormous wings sitting upon its back. The driver, Mr. Scarberry, kicked the car into life and drove away as fast as he could, but the creature took flight and pursued them. Scarberry claims he pushed the car as fast as possible, travelling over 100 miles per hour. Jesus Christ. Have you driven that fast before? (laughs) Uh, No, obviously I haven't. But the creature matched their speed effortlessly. It wasn't until the car reached the bright lights of the main streets that the creature called off its pursuit. Oh, a moth that doesn't like lights. (laughs) It might be a fair assumption to make that police would approach any incident that had people running into their office yelling about a flying man in the middle of the night with scepticism. The sheriff interviewed them all separately in separate rooms, but they all told the same story. In a later interview about the event, Deputy Millard Holstead would say, quote, 
I've known these kids all their lives. They'd never been in any trouble and they were really scared that night. I took them seriously. Well. So much so that the sheriff went out to the old factory but found nothing that matched the description nor anything to verify the presence of a giant mothman. There's only this four foot high pupa. (laughs) Word quickly spread through the town of the encounter. The following night, the townspeople tooled up with torches and guns (laughs) and combed the factory and the surrounding area searching for the creature. Okay. Burn it! Burn it! Tolerant West Virginia. (laughs) None of them would find the creature, but across town, those not looking for the beast would find it. Mm. Not far from the factory, a young woman, Marcella Bennett, and her infant daughter, Tina, were visiting with her friends, the Thomas family. Marcella's car was parked just outside the family home. As she approached the vehicle, she reports that a human-like grey creature with glowing red eyes and giant wings suddenly rose up from the nearby ground. Marcella was so terrified that she dropped her infant daughter on the ground. Fucking hell. (laughs) Fuck. I'm so going to hell I laughed out loud when I read that. True story. I actually, in the small town of Andamooka, yeah. was sitting in my car one day. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was there working as a journalist. Saw a woman come out of the um, supermarket holding a baby in a bag of shopping, yep. trying to roll a cigarette <laughs> at the same time. So she's got baby, bag of shopping, yeah. rolly. Yeah. She looks at all three, makes that decision like the monkey at the start of 2001, looking at the bone, what yeah. do I do? Puts the baby in the dirt, not the <gasps> shopping, Rolls the cigarette. <laughs> Priorities, mate. Welcome to Endemoka. <laughs> Our post office is made of beer bottles. You know what? Eh, you can wash a baby. You can't get <laughs> you can't get dirt out of your biscuits. <laughs> oh, so she dropped her infant daughter on the ground, then fell on top of it. Wow. And all I could think is how far would you go to cover up the fact that you were so drunk you dropped the baby? <laughs> well, officer. <laughs> like this mothman. <laughs> and it, I can just see this in front of Judge Judy. <laughs> and just the mothman like fell on me. Then <laughs> uh, she fell on her infant daughter. Marcella says that she lay there on the ground on top of her daughter for an unknown amount of time, <laughs> staring at the creature and that she was paralyzed by fear, staring into its eyes. Right. The eyes that said, bitch, you're lying on your baby. <laughs> I'm a fucking, I'm a nocturnal insect that eats cabbages. <laughs> yeah, like, are you are you all right? Like, do you want to, like, I'm not doing anything to baby. The only one doing anything to your baby is you. Should I, the mothman is just, like, calling child services. I know I'm a mothman, but this doesn't seem right. Like, this bitch be drunk. <laughs> As she rolls a cigarette all on the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. Eventually, Marcella says she managed to break free of its hypnotic stare. <laughs> Micro nap. It's probably the tail lights of the car. <laughs> she just drunkenly fell. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I wish this pillow would stop squirming. <laughs> it's, it's calling for its mum. <laughs> yeah. I am your mum. Shut up. Tired. <laughs> oh. Eventually, Marcella picked up her daughter, probably dusted her off, and ran back to the house. Oh, she should have taken her for ice cream. That's the only way to shut him up. (laughs) She probably forgot her cigarette lighter. Her friends led her inside the house, and as she told them of the encounter, the mothman walked up onto the porch of the house and peered as if curious through the windows of the house. Well, he's probably still on the phone to child services. Yeah, like, oh my God, yeah, she's still on my view. I can still see her. She's having another drink. The family who reportedly also saw the creature called the police. But by the time the police arrived, the creature had vanished. Well, he knows how they treat minorities in America. Mm. All that was found was lots of empty beer cans. I just added that. (laughs) Just moth dust. (laughs) 
over the next year, more and more townspeople would come forward saying that they too saw the creature. Was this real or was this simply a case of mass hysteria? Sketch artists compiled drawings of what the creature was reported to look like from reported eyewitness statements. People seemed to be able to identify almost every part of the Mothman except its face. People appeared to be so transfixed by the creature's eyes they could not describe other aspects of the creature's face. All they saw were those eyes. So that's my theory about George Clooney. He's not really that good looking, but those eyes. <laughs> he's just fallen to them for an eternity. I don't know. Have you seen him in that little vest with his tattoos and from dusk till dawn? Yeah, he does look pretty good. <laughs> oh, I love a clean bad boy. Pardon me while I open another drink like a West Virginian mother. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall on the baby again, John. Don't fall on the baby. So I've drugged the dog. He won't feel it. Oh my god, that's why he's gone quiet. As you can, <laughs> she has loose fallen oh, on him. Stepdad's drinking again. <laughs> it's a sugar-free Aldi cola. Uh huh. It's fucking like piss. Uh huh. <laughs> Says the woman who drinks Southern Comfort. I don't drink Southern Comfort. I drink Jim Beam. Oh god, that's even worse. Fucking Southern Comfort. What do you want to wear? Hillbilly? <laughs> the classy stuff. Jimmy Beam. Now, one of the other most interesting features was that all those who reported seeing the Mothman take off in flight noted that instead of a normal takeoff, the Mothman would spread his wings and then ascend into the air. More like a balloon than a bird or a moth, and he would rise without flapping his wings. Okay. Now, during this period, the TV show Batman was extremely popular and one of Batman's enemies was Killer Moth. Inspired by this, this was how the name Mothman was coined. There you go. Mothra also came out in 1961. Ah, It was later adapted for American audiences. When did... you know, it was a different it was a different time when the greatest thing the country had to fear was moths. <laughs> now it's nuclear waste, like economical Armageddon, you know, extinction extinction events. Well, I wonder if that lead plaque hadn't leached into the water supply. <laughs> <laughs> I would get you point pleasant. <laughs> More like point croissant. <laughs> One resident, Newell Partridge, blamed the Mothman for creating buzzing noises in his TV. Oh, God. And then when he went outside to investigate, he claims the Mothman was responsible for the disappearance of his expensive German Shepherd dog. (laughs) Even though he never actually saw the Mothman take the dog, Partridge claims he saw the Mothman after his flashing light caught the eyes of the Mothman in a nearby field and that the eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. Hmm. So basically this guy opened his dog and his dog fucked off. And yeah. they were fucking Mothman. <laughs> that's the first, that's the most logical first step. Yeah. Fucking Mothman. I mean, it's not It's not that it's the 1960s. There's no proper system of dog registration. I probably don't have a fence. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Mothman. I go, oh. <laughs> In terms of things you blame in America, Mothman, yeah. black people, Mexicans, <laughs> them Democrats. I was going to say, nothing has changed except <laughs> like Mothman's gone to number three now. There's been like a reshuffle. That's oh, and Muslims have been added in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure that there's, we can use the letters of MAGA in some way. To- yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Now, two volunteer firemen who saw a creature with large red eyes claimed it was nothing more than a large bird, which led to the popularization of the theory that this was nothing more than an unusually large bird. Sheriff George Johnson said that he believed the sightings were nothing more than an unusually large heron called a shite poke. A shite poke? I'm not making this up. S-H-I-T-E-P-O-K-E. And I'm like, it's like the men in black were just wanted to come up with an excuse <laughs> and they had just, you know what I mean, they had just come up with... Fuck it. It's a shite poke. <laughs> See how far we can push it, Barry? Yeah, call it a shite poke. 
See, I reckon the, the local copper was just using that as like code for what was really happening at the TNT factory. <laughs> I've just gone up there for a bit of a shite poke. <laughs> you know, if everyone's consenting, as long as you keep it out of the town, out of the town. <laughs> you go to the abandoned dynamite factory <laughs> and you have yourself a dynamite time. Woo-woo! Oh, my God. <laughs> So it's basically just a guy in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> he like puts his arms up. He's flashing them. <laughs> that is not a... Turns out that wasn't his antenna. <laughs> Townspeople, however, would argue that this was not the case as many of the residents were hunters and stated that they knew a fucking bird when they saw it. That's probably true. They've probably eaten some shit that no one else would. Smith, a wildlife biologist, joined in on the debate, suggesting that the descriptions pointed towards a sandhill crane. A large American crane that often grows to the height of a man with a seven-foot wingspan and reddish colouring around the eyes. Jesus Christ. The bird, however, not generally seen in the area. So it may have become injured or disorientated during the flight, hence why it was unrecognised by the town's inhabitants. Quite possible. Yeah. Uh, town inhabitants still weren't having any part of it. No. <laughs> sometime, another thing to consider is sometime later, it was discovered that the TNT factory area contained semi-underground buildings that had been, for an unknown amount of time, had been leaking <laughs> mutagenic toxic waste into the nearby forest preserve could this toxic waste have created a mutated animal or bird it's like every horror cliche movie you've ever heard about and they weren't turtles (laughs) although not all sightings may have been legitimate one example is a group of construction workers who confessed to a harmless hoax (laughs) When they admitted tying flashlights onto helium balloons and releasing them. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> now, just when you think this, star- this story can't have any more possible twists and turns, it's that during this one-year period, there were also several reported sightings of UFOs in the Point Pleasant area. See, I was completely incredulous about that until you said UFOs. I'm like, I believe everything. (laughs) On top of that, several people who had reported seeing either the Mothman or the UFO also claimed that they were visited by mysterious men in all black suits, hats and sunglasses who threatened them to keep quiet about what they had seen. But if this was a conspiracy to keep the townspeople quiet, why had the mysterious men only visited seven of the more than 100 people who had claimed to see the phenomenon? Lazy men in black. <laughs> we're the men in, we're the men in, oh, fuck it, it's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was probably just like reporters yeah. who were just trying to, you know, get the scoop, yeah. get the lowdown. Um I actually have a copy of the original newspaper article, The First Registered Reported Sightings of the Mothman, as recorded in the Point Pleasant Register in Wednesday, November the 16th, 1966. And this was the 60s, so I don't know why, in my head, uh, I was like reading that as one of those, you know, in those 60s kind of like, you know, NASA's is rushing to Capone's hideout. <laughs> That's how I read this article, so I have to do it. Okay. Uh, couple C, man-sized bird, creature, something. It was a bird or something. It definitely wasn't a flying saucer. I think we need the, the music. Two Point Pleasant couple said today they had encountered a man-sized bird-like creature in the TNT area about midnight last night. Sheriff's deputies and city police went to the scene about two o'clock this morning, but were unable to spot anything. But the two young men telling their story this morning were deadly serious and asserted they hadn't been drinking. You know you think that Forrest Gump is a newsman, don't you? 
Steve Mallette of 3305 Jackson Avenue and Roger Scarberry of 809 30th Street. I love the fact that they give you your exact house details Jesus. so that you can go and visit. Yeah. That's how the men in black fucking find you. <laughs> exactly. you, didn't, you didn't need to trace people's cars. The newspaper literally tells you where you live. No wonder women don't report sexual assault. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. They describe the thing as being about six or seven feet tall. Having a wingspan of 10 feet and red eyes about two inches in diameter and six inches apart. <laughs> it was like a man with wings, Mallet said. It wasn't like anything you'd see on TV or in a monster movie. <laughs> the men and their wives were in Scarborough's car between 11.30pm and midnight when they spotted the creature near the old power plant adjacent to the old National Guard armory buildings. <laughs> the creature was seen standing there on three occasions. <laughs> It was described as being extremely fast. It flew about 100 miles an hour in flight, but it was a clumsy runner. <laughs> Deputy Millard Holstead said that he had seen dust in the vicinity of a coal field, but it could have been caused by the bird, he said. I'm a hard guy to scare, Scarborough said, but last night I was for getting out of there. They did just that, but the thing followed them. You've morphed into Andy Dufresne. They said it was hovering over the car, apparently gliding until they reached the National Guard Armory on Route 62. We went downtown, turned around, and picked a bale of cotton and went back, and there it was again. <laughs> Mallet said, it seemed to be waiting on us. He said the light, grey light creature then scurried through a field. It had also flown across the top of the car. It apparently is afraid of light, Mallet reasoned, and maybe it thought it was scaring us off. The young man said they saw the creature's eyes, which glowing red, only when their light shined on it. And it seemed to want to get away from the lights. They said it looked like a man with wings, but the head was not an outstanding characteristic. <laughs> Judgy fuck. Both were slightly pale and tired from lack of sleep during the night following their harrowing experience. They speculated that the thing was living in the vacant power plant, possibly in one of the huge boilers. There are pigeons in all the other buildings, Mallet said, but not in that one. I'll still to my service. If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything, Scarborough commented, but there was four of us who saw it. They said it didn't resemble a bat in any way, but maybe what you would visualize as an angel. <laughs> all right. The last time they saw it, it was at the gate of the C.C. Lewis farm on Route 62. They heard a sound like wings flapping, and they said the bird rose straight up like a helicopter. This doesn't have an explanation to it, Mallet said. It was an animal, but like nothing I've seen before. Are they going back to look for the creature? <laughs> yes, Mallet said, this afternoon and again tonight. Today, Scarborough said. But tonight, I don't know. <laughs> I also, I also found another article. Um, which was written in the Williamson Daily News on November 18 of 1966. Yep. And this is one of the greatest articles I have ever read in my life. Um, it's got everything. It's got drama. It's got mothmen. It has casual racism. It's got everything. Okay. Hit me with it. Eight people say they saw a creature. Point Pleasant, West Virginia, eight people say they saw a flying creature near this Ohio River community. A dog could have fallen victim to it. And now a Kanawha County grave digger saw a brown man fly past him last weekend. <laughs> what a brown man fly. Some people did not take the integration of schools very well at all. <laughs> These black people, they can fly. Let me read that again. <laughs> Gravedigger saw a brown man fly past him last weekend. Good God. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> Kenneth Duncan of Blue Creek near Charleston said he and some other men were digging his brother-in-law's grave. Okay. You, you don't you don't read that <laughs> sentence as often as you should. <laughs> just, oh my god. Oh, let me, oh, sorry, let me get that again. 
<laughs> he and some other men were digging his brother-in-law's grave on Saturday when something that looked like a brown human being buzzed past. <laughs> I don't know if the brother-in-law was actually dead or what, but uh, just get it ready. Yeah, those weekend projects, he put on a barbecue. Oh. He was helping me dig my own grave. <laughs> I ain't got to do something on the weekend. <laughs> uh, we'll have a barbecue. I'll get some lemonade. We can we can dig a Chili Bob's grave. <laughs> oh. It was gliding through the trees and it was in sight for about a minute, Duncan said. Four other men helping to dig the grave didn't see it. The thing described as a huge bird-like creature with eyes like red reflectors and a wingspan of about 10 feet first was reported to police by Steve Miller and Roger Scarborough and their wives who said they saw it three times late Tuesday and early Wednesday about five miles north of here. Four other persons old told Mousen County Sheriff George Johnson they saw it in the same general area. And a contractor, Newell Patridge, who lives 100 miles to the north, said he feels it may have had something to do with the disappearance of his $350 German Shepherd dog called Bandit. <laughs> Patridge said he sighted the thing in a meadow near his home in Dodridge County about 90 minutes before the pound. Pound Pleasant Sightings. I look forward to reading that insurance claim. <laughs> Reason for loss. Giant flying brown, brown man. Possibly moth. Partridge said his television set began acting like a generator and Bandit started carrying on something terrible. It spilled my lemonade. Did Pod- he really say that? No, I just... <laughs> Poacher said he shined a flashlight into the field and saw something with eyes like red reflectors. The dog's hair stood straight up, he said, and the animal went into the field. The dog never returned, Partridge said, and there was no trace of it in the morning. What a prick. Go after your dog then and there. All these Americans and no guns. What's going on? Oh, my God. Johnson said he was not discounting the stories, he was told, but said he feels... What was seen was nothing more than a freak shot poke, a large bird of the heron family. The shot poke, sometimes called a shag, is the smallest heron in the Western Hemisphere. Officials were at a loss, however, to explain how a shag could fly at 100 miles per hour, as Scarbrett and Mallet said the creature did. You now sound like John Candy in JFK. I hear the beach are playing, brother, but I ain't laying that down. <laughs> Daddy-o. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Join us here in West Virginia. It ain't nothing but flying brown man and lemonade. <laughs> you can almost understand that level of bigotry if they're just like, we can't have them using the same water fountain. <laughs> what, what if we see a disease jump from creature to creature like in Contagion? <laughs> It's just, I was just reading it and I'm like, oh, nope, you could not print none of these quotes today in the paper. <laughs> you just imagine the, the KKK meeting where this happened. Oh, my God. Oh, they come into our schools. They spread their Muslimic bullshit. And I, they're good at basketball. And then there's the, the, you know, the myth that was proliferated during the eras yeah. of slavery that they're all you know, 12-inch dick supermen who are here to rape all the women. Oh, yeah. And then, like, one at the back who just wants to be included just goes, I saw one of them fly! (laughs) (laughs) We was digging Billy Bob's grave. (laughs) It flying around my light using the white man's electricity. (laughs) We burn these crosses, it just attracts them. They fly around them. Like a moth to a candle. <laughs> but, but Bob, we, we, we have it. Do we have to go through this again? We have explained to you the difference between <laughs> an African-American gentleman and a mouth. Do we, do we need to go through the diagrams again? Have you maybe got confused again, Billy Bob? Uh, has there ever been a study linking the major hallucinations like this yeah. and white inbreeding? <laughs> Surely. <laughs> I know a shot poke when I see it, but you'll fuck your sister. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, just throw in like mutagenic, like toxic waste. <laughs> like, oh my god. Well, yeah, considering the fact that everyone was like hopping up to the TNT, you know, factory for a four-way, who the fuck knows who's related to who? You know, exactly. this is this is well, that's how you end up with flying Mothman. Let's go get it on in the mutagenic ooze. Yeah, what could possibly go the- wrong? <laughs> you know why there's no pigeons there? Because they're all fucking poisoned. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's it's not because there's a moth. It's because you literally have radioactive waste. That's that's why people are saying, "Oh, I see the Mothman." No, the radiation has just burned out your eyeballs. Yeah, they were. Oh my god, it was probably like you know the women with like the uranium, but they'd get to like paint. Oh, the uranium the, watch face painters. Yeah, and then obviously you know they would because they were told it was harmless, so you know they would like paint their bodies with it to have like nudie time fun, and mm. then all their faces fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah they had all sorts. Of, there was a guy who uh, used to sell radium water as a, a potion for love, and oh. people would soak their dicks in it and. Oh. Next thing you know, that thing falls off like it's Brundlefly. Oh <laughs> Put it in the cupboard. <laughs> God, and then they move to Point Pleasant and start flying. and Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's what might have happened, a teleportation accident gone wrong. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Brundlefly has, has his dinner. <laughs> oh, so wrong, so wrong. Uh, now, one year and one month since the first recorded sighting of the Mothman, a devastating tragedy would befall the city. On December 15, 1967, the Silver Bridge, which joined the Ohio and West Virginia states, collapsed during rush hour. Later investigations resulted in findings that said the bridge was carrying weight loads that exceeded its capacity on almost a daily basis. The bridge had been poorly maintained. The devastation all began with the failure of one singular eye bar in a suspension chain. A small defect of 0.1 inches or 2.5 millimetres would trigger a train reaction and a total collapse of the bridge, killing 46 people. Fuck. Two of the victims' bodies would never be found. Fuck. Now, eyewitnesses claim to have seen Mothman on the bridge that day just before the accident. But these would also prove to be the last recorded sightings of the Mothman in the area. Well, he knows to get away from a lynching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been at Point Pleasant long enough. He can, he can smell when the wind is burning. Yeah, but I mean, having, you know, having a dozen Plymouths on it at any one time, you can't do that, but then... Yeah, just one Mothman lands. But oh my God, in my mind, it's just like, you know, it's like the Mothman was probably standing like, look at this shit. Look how poorly fucking maintained this fucking bridge is. Have you flown under it? I have. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at this shit where it's literally just like. (laughs) Held together with his silk. Oh my God. Yeah. He's just like coming out of his butt trying to hold it together. Hold, damn it, hold! Ah. In 1975, John Keel would publish his book, The Mothman Prophecies, claiming that there was a connection between Mothman and the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Oh, God. This was what was loosely turned into the 2002 Richard Gere movie of the same name. Right. Even though sights of Mothman in the Point Pleasant area have stopped, he has been reported in alternative locations since. In 1999, a Georgian newspaper reported that Russian UFOologist, how do you say that? UFOlogist. Uf, UFOlogist? Yeah. U, ufo, u, well, you could say ufologist, I don't know. Russian ufologist claimed that sightings of the Mothman had foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. Chicago has also experienced Mothman sightings from 2011 to a peak of 55 reported sightings in 2017. Hang on, are they saying that this moth is associated with Vladimir Putin and did a false flag operation to spark a war with Chechnya? (laughs) Or, like the people on the bridge, he was trying to warn them. Yeah. You know, get off the bridge, stay out of the apartment building. Because, I don't know, if a giant mothman stands on your building, you wouldn't run into it. No, no, well, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you go, this building's got a pest problem. Yeah, like, what the fuck? My curtains are fucked. <laughs> 
But if the Mothman was to return to Point Pleasant today, instead of being met with fear, he would be met with surprisingly open arms. Point Pleasant now holds the annual Mothman Festival, the first of which being held in 2002. Initially, organisers had been looking for a way to attract tourists to the area when a Mothman Festival was suggested. I would have loved to have been in that pitch meeting. Oh, can you imagine? Now we've got the uh, dogging outside the abandoned explosive factory. <laughs> we can look at the French plaque. Oh, we got the nuclear waste. Um, we have unseasonally large birds that are probably brought here by habitat loss through the state's coal mining industry. We have uh, flying brown men. <laughs> uh, That's just the high school basketball team. We have that. We have that lost German shepherd that just keeps wandering around. According to organisers, the Mothman Festival attracts like moth to a flame an average of 10 to 12,000 people to Point Pleasant each year. Yeah, you're not laughing now, are you? No. Hope they've upgraded their bridge. (laughs) In 2003, a metallic 12-foot-tall Mothman statue was unveiled in the town and the Mothman Museum and, I'm going to finger waggle, Research (laughs) Centre opened in 2005. The Mothman Festival is held on the third weekend of September for those who want to go. It has guest speakers, exhibits, tours of the area. Here's a plaque. Here's some radioactive waste. Here's a dog. As well as a pancake eating competition. Well, moths are known for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Mothman Research Centre is just a, another name for a Republican think tank. I was going to say, how do we get more tourists to eat more pancakes? <laughs> That's what they're researching. It's big pancake. Oh, my God. But probably my favourite fact about the Mothman is that in June of 2020, a petition was created that asked for all Confederate statues in the United States of America be replaced with statues of Mothman. Very By big. July, they had over 2,000 signatures. <laughs> and Robert, Robert E. Lee gets replaced by a Mothman. It's <laughs> like something from Futurama where you see like time yeah. go super fast and like Confederate statue Mothman's like, oh, the alien invasion happened. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine if Lee gets replaced by a flying brown man? <laughs> there is a beautiful irony in that, sir. <laughs> And that is the end of this week's episode of Mothballs. <laughs> very good. Flying Brown Man sounds like a very short-lived Marvel comic. <laughs> I just didn't put the work in. Oh, my God. But just can you imagine if they try to bring it back today? It's just an angry, angry Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> With the Doppler effect. Motherfucker. <laughs> I am sick of these motherfucking lights on this motherfucking porch. <laughs> Imagine you got these glowing red eyes and you're just trying to chill out and hang by yourself and there's people going to your abandoned TNT factory oh. to have awful hillbilly sex. Yeah, just oh, fucking roll around in your radioactive waste. Exactly. Like, dude, that's I shit down there. A like, whole bunch of uneaten pussies. <sighs> it's a tragedy. It really is. Mothman wouldn't be afraid of it, though. <laughs> Mothman's a real man. <laughs> real man, get in there. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll eat your curtains. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's our catchphrase. Real Mothman, eat the curtains. Real Mothman, eat the curtains. I love it. There you go. I put that on T-shirts. That's... Uh... <laughs> <coughs> Oh, no, shouldn't it be real, real, real Mothman eat the carpet? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Real Mothman eat carpet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, bam! And there we go. We could make a T-shirt that we have like tiny little holes in. Oh, my God. And we could do those like, you know, you get those little things where you can download the catchphrases. And it's just be like, real Mothman eat the carpet. <laughs> just this very disappointed Brandine <laughs> lying on top of her baby in the car park. Maybe if you ate the carpet occasionally, Trevor, I wouldn't have to drink myself into a stupor. (laughs) 
maybe I wouldn't have to drive out to the TNT factory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If Muff Man ate a little bit more of this carpet. <laughs> I wouldn't have to drink, Barry. I wouldn't have to drink and fall on top of your daughter. And then silently a black guy just flies past. <laughs> and then she just holds out her baby and just drops it. Instead of a mic drop, <laughs> baby drop. She walks out like, yeah, you know, Trevor. This is why we can't have a Patreon. No one's going to pay for this. <laughs> oh, my God. There's going to be some brand that fucking hates kids. Um, and fucking Nestle and the Proud Boys. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Aubrey Wodonga Proud Boys. <laughs> oh, fuck racists. Absolutely. I mean, not literally. Oh, like, no, that's don't. not an endorsement. No, not... that's how we solve the problem. Stop, yeah, just stop, stop fucking them. Stop fucking racists. Let them breed themselves out. Yeah. 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 Let them fucking pit of mutagenic toxic waste. Well, that's probably what they already do. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise known as their flashlight. Oh. Deutschland, Deutschland, überall. <laughs> I just threw up a little bit. <laughs> I'm surprised at my ability to foley sounds of an old smelly flashlight. <laughs> How do I have a girlfriend? I know, seriously. I, don't I just, I don't know. I met her. She is so lovely. What is she doing slumming with you? I got no idea. Oh my god. That has been the question everyone has asked me in the comedy scene. Yeah. I, yeah. You are her. You are her sub basement of mutagenic Absolutely. toxic. Waste. I, I should be with some woman lying on on an infant in a car park, drinking, <laughs> wishing that a fucking mutated moth would eat her out. <laughs> While I stand there with binoculars, looking for flying black guys. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god We have the next season of Stranger Things right there <laughs> How's Eleven going to solve this one? <laughs> the nosebleed's just going to be from the cheap meth that I can, That's all I can afford It's been cut with Ajax <laughs> Oh my god, but the important thing is You kept the dust out of your ciggy <laughs> Exactly Oh, oh. Well, that's another episode of Gabin in the Woods. We'll, <laughs> we'll be back next week with something that ostensibly begins as a well-thought-out, well-intentioned exploration of a horror thing. It just ends up us talking about fucking an old flashlight and the Brow Boys. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, just remember, listeners, a real muff man eats the carpet. <laughs> So that's not so bad. That was more like a yodeling kind of kind of deal. Mm. I don't know. Do Mothman even have lips? <laughs> They've got a proboscis. That's all you need. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> and with <laughs> that, it stopped for the love of God. <laughs> it stopped. Real Mothman eat the carpet. <laughs>